All right, guys. Nine, eight, seven, six, five. Brand, Brandon, four. We're, we're live. Oh. Yeah. We don't have the countdown anyway. Oh, okay. Anyway, guys, welcome to episode 13 of the Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast, the podcast where Brandon is still training Super Dragon. Super Dragon. Brandon, what's your obsession with Super Dragon? Can we get Super Dragon on the show? Can or even Super the fan Dragon? that was chanting his name? Whoever you are out there. Yeah, where is that guy? Yeah, hit us up at a Kenny Reed Thoughts podcast. We wanna we wanna find out what's going on. Brandon, you, you look like you're already asleep, and I'm pretty worried. I know we had some stuff going on today. We're literally starting this podcast past midnight. That's when we're recording, but I'm really worried about you because your eyes are pretty much closed right now. Hey, we're going to do this, man. This is the big leagues. <laughs> we're going to get this show. So. Brandon, I worry about you because last night I ordered Uber Eats and um, I went outside and <laughs> your freaking trunk's open. And first of all, are you selling drugs out of your trunk? I don't think so. But Why the no, hell was, was your trunk open? Did you drive like that here? That's what worries me. I don't think so. No, I think it was closed. I think I opened it to like check to see if the microphone stand was in the trunk or something like that. I think I just forgot when, it was open. When was like, that? Was, though? Like, were you like, already at my house? Yeah, well, I was already parked. Okay. I think I just, I just forgot about it. But luckily for you, you have a friend who... We'll go outside in the in the cold. It's actually kind of cold here in Florida right now. That's why you're wearing your your B and B hoodie. But uh, yeah, Brandon, drunk. Yeah, can you explain that? Yeah, like a lot of people might think that's uh, bad news, Barrett. But you might have to get up and show the back. In fact, but explain why you have that hoodie. I don't know if they, if they can see the back. Oh, you know what? I'll, I'll just well, go ahead, Brandon. I'll hype you up. Keep keep going. Check his front. Check the front, Brandon. Look at him. The almighty Brandon Brown. He looks like money. He smells like money. He is money. Oh. All right. How's that? Huh? Brandon, hit him with the pose. Hit him with the pose, Brandon. Oh, check that out. <laughs> so, oh, so yeah. to explain, uh, we were going, what, to WrestleMania 30? And we decided to make like some custom shirts. I think I had a K like in the Nexus style, and on the back it says you're either Kenny or, or you're just not sexy. <laughs> and then yours was this. So go ahead and show it off again. Oh yeah. yeah. Black news. <laughs> so you, I actually made that for you. I actually designed that. So we made uh, a black news Brandon <laughs> hoodie. Yeah. Why wait, why did we do black news Brandon? What was the gimmick there though? Um well, I mean, we were both marking out for our homeboy, Bad News Barrett. Right. And uh, I knew, I, I, I thought it'd be cool if I had, you know, a Bad News Barrett shirt. But I guess you had the brilliant idea <laughs> of, you know. Did they even make uh, Bad News Barrett shirts, though? I think. I didn't I know if they did. Yeah, I, I just right. knew I, needed, I wanted a hoodie. And you've um, had a shirts made before, right? Not me. Periodically, I, yeah. I I used to design some like parody shirts, but I don't think we actually got any printed until this time. Okay, so this is actually the first one that we got printed. 
possibly yeah wow well yeah this is this is really a big surprise when i got it i was like oh snap he actually got me a hoodie with the bnb oh, so i bought that for you i didn't even I remember think, that yeah I, th- yeah I think you bought this for me what a friend then, like, i am i don't even yeah. that's how gracious i am i don't even remember that i bought it for you i thought you bought it for yourself wait yeah wait a minute maybe i did pay for it <laughs> maybe you just came up with this inside but i actually ended up buying it anyway <laughs> No. Uh, can, can we go with the narrative that I bought it? Like, I don't care what the truth is. Like, wow. it makes me seem like a million bucks. It makes me seem like a nice, positive fan. Yeah, here positive. I was thinking, thinking you were doing me a solid, but really. <laughs> you actually just got money out of me so you can sell your design. <laughs> but, uh, Come on, bro. Well, hey, we should probably redesign those and, and, and just throw them on the store, bro. People want to buy a Black News branded shirt. Let's also explain that when we went uh, to New Orleans, we actually got a whole bunch of people to start chanting Black News Brandon yeah, it's freaking <laughs> awesome, man. at a bar. There's... It was like a bunch of Mania fans. It was crazy. Like a dude had a gavel too, and he was hitting it. So yeah, man. If you can find we'll that, that video. Yeah, if you can. Okay, we'll post it on the YouTube. Uh, yeah, so you all can see that. There'll be like the bonus clip of this episode. So I gotta go find that somewhere. <laughs> um, but speaking of being positive. Have you heard? Have you seen our social media, Brandon? Have you seen what this jackass AC from New York is doing? No. What, what happened? What's going on with you and AC? Well, first of all, he's not hitting the mic as we're trying to do a podcast like you just did. But what he is doing, he's not slamming the microphone, but he is slamming our social media full of all these negative comments saying, how can you like raw, bro? How are you stupid? You're all corporate cocksuckers and this. He dedicated a whole portion of his raw review this week to talk shit about us. And at first he was vague and just said certain podcasts that are on XM radio. I'm like, dude, your channel's on YouTube. Wait, we're on XM radio. Apparently according to him, but he's too cheap to subscribe to it anyway. But he's sitting there talking about how we're on all these platforms and he's never heard of us. So he's never heard of us, yet he's talking shit about us. That's the first thing that he contradicted himself on, right? So he talks on his review about how people like us are not diehard fans. Because if we were diehard fans, we'd be shitting on the show. That's another contradiction. Because if we are diehards, we're supposed to shit on the product. Brandon, Brandon, yeah, sitting on the product. <sighs> he fell. You you fell asleep on the podcast. You fell asleep during our podcast. Like I can't believe this actually happened. What are you talking about? Man? Now you get to see fans. You get to see them looking dead in your eyes. You get to see what I have to deal with watching wrestling with this guy every week he falls asleep he's falling asleep while on air recording a podcast which brings me back to my point ac from new york goes well at nine o'clock i fell asleep for the fourth fucking week in a row i fell asleep okay listen to these words he fell asleep at 9 o'clock p.m., but then has the fucking nerve to do a review on raw and tell everybody that it sucks how do you trust that? You trust somebody that only got to foreplay and then they're going to tell you that sex was bad? 
You you got to be shitting me. This I this don't guy, even get the foreplay a lot of the time. Right. So. Well, that's a different story for a different day, Brandon. But this guy is sitting there saying Raw was shit for the past four weeks, yet is saying that he's fallen asleep during the first hour of every single Raw in the past month. It's so stupid. Not only that, but this jackass has the nerve in his review to say he has a business to run. So all those comments where I say you need to just stop fucking watching if you don't care, he's like, I got a business to run. But I guess you wouldn't understand that because you're not a real fan. There's a contradiction. Listen, AC from New York, I don't get paid to do this. All right. We're just starting out the podcast. All right. Maybe we don't have as much followers as you. Okay. But the thing is, we do this for free right now. Okay. And we do it because we're passionate. Well, I do it for free. I have to pay Brandon a couple bucks to be on the podcast every week (laughs) because he's cheap. Brandon, I'm nixing that contract, by the way. But anyway, in all seriousness, whether I get paid or not, I will do this because I am passionate about the business. I will find positivity in wrestling because I'm passionate about the business. So for you to tell me that the reason you watch is because you got all of these subscribers and you have YouTube views and you get paid a little bit. And then to tell me that I'm not the real fan, I'm not the diehard. Fuck you. But that's that's enough. I got that. That's enough talking about him because he had the nerve to say this week's raw sucked you know what and i'll get right i'll get into it smackdown i felt like daniel bryan i felt like daniel bryan because ac from new york is exactly what daniel bryan's talking about he's fickle he's fickle he's a sheep he calls other people sheep it makes no sense. Daniel Bryan, by the way, thank you for calling people fickle because I was already trying to get hashtag fickle fans going on Twitter and on social media, on Instagram, and you hit it out the park because now you're saying fans are fickle. Oh, I'm all for it. Well, speaking of fickle fans, what did you think of uh, this week's Raw? So, Simpsons Cup, by the way. So this week's Raw was not a good episode by any stretch of the imagination. Was it a bad episode? No. But everybody came in. And this is the thing. I've seen people shitting on this episode. I think everyone came in with low expectations. So it's kind of like when you come in with low expectations. I think I said an example to you the other day. I think the example I used was like, let's say, Brandon, you walk into a bar and you get rejected by a girl. And then you feel bad about yourself. You come back the next week and you start talking to another girl and you're telling me she's going to reject me, man, because, you know, I can't I can't talk to girls. I can't do this because you're feeling it from last week or you're feeling bad about last week, I should say. And then, of course, when you get rejected again because you're staring at your feet and because you don't know how to talk all of a sudden and then you come back to me and say, you see, I was right. Well, that's how I feel like people are about raw this week they had low expectations there so they're gonna find everything that's wrong with raw so he ac from new york is the last time i'm gonna mention him on this episode but he does talk about the first hour sucked i agree the first hour wasn't good but for him to miss two-thirds of raw the back end of raw to me was actually good the drew mcintyre and dolph ziggler storyline you know i'm not a fan of dolph ziggler i was cheering for dolph ziggler in that storyline because they did it well that's right 
you're cheering for Ziggler because he's best in the world. <laughs> Why do you keep calling him best in the world? He didn't even win the tournament. Hey, he was there, man. He could have been. <laughs> but this is crazy. Well, what about, you know, this low rating? I mean, Raw draws the lowest rating viewership in history. Goes back to what I'm saying. Everyone was coming off the last week, and they're like, well, I'm not even going to tune in. That's WWE's fault. That's WWE's fault. Because they did not deliver last week. People did not go in with good expectations. So a lot of people didn't watch. Right. Well, it's does not, it? Yeah, what I was going to say, I mean, does it even matter? I mean, isn't this sort of like the off season time almost right. of the year anyway? They're sort of going to coast until you right. know, they I start mean, building toward the Rumble and then the ratings I've, will pick back up. I've said it before, you know, um, that ratings aren't everything. And I think we know that this time of the year, they, they kind of do go down a little bit. And honestly, I, I didn't say this last week, but. Raw's got a huge void to fill. Uh, their top baby face, and yes, he he's a baby face, whether you people want to admit it or not. I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, he's not a baby face. So their top baby face, Roman Reigns, went down. They had Braun Strowman flip to fill the void. Braun Strowman's currently down with a, uh, an elbow injury. So there's a huge void on Raw. Finn Balor's still filling the mid-card role right now, so they haven't stepped him up to, to the monster... Um, you know, baby face he can be, but right Brit, now they're just kind of coasting. Right. I think they're kind of coasting until uh, Braun Strowman comes back. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's hard. Imagine being in that position. You have all these storylines written for these guys, and then all of a sudden, most of your show gets taken away because of, you know, the leukemia diagnosis, injuries, things like that. So, it's tough. It's a tough position they're in. I'm not sucking the corporate dick of WWE, like some people want to claim, but I understand that they're in a tough spot, and I'm going to give that the benefit of the doubt because we are going into WrestleMania season, and you know it's going to pick up around the Rumble. So let's just get through these next couple of weeks, guys. What did you think about Rousey in uh, this opening segment here? It's funny. I, I didn't. Um, didn't think of it. Um, I think because, you know, admittedly, I went into the first segment kind of like, ah, I don't even want to watch this episode. I think I texted you that. Remember, before you even came over, I was like, should I even watch this week? So that's why I understand the low rating. Trust me. And I'm a diehard. Um, I don't remember the Rousey segment. I don't. And uh, so, I mean, what do you think of it since I don't remember it? Uh, I thought it was a cool way, to, I guess, to open the show, you know, besides just doing what they would normally do. So it was cool having Rousey and Natalia and everybody come in to do the tag match right off the bat, get some crazy action going, really physical in the beginning. You know, I think I talked about it. A lot of people were shitting on that. Like, I remember now, so thank you. Um, I think a lot of people were shitting on um, Natalia going down and them having to run the match later. And I'm like, man, they used to do that in the Attitude Era. So a lot of people are, bo- are fickle. There you go. Fickle fans. Hashtag fickle fans. Talking about... Oh, well, that's stupid. They wouldn't have done that in Attitude Era. Yes, they would. They would have somebody go down with the injury and then rebook it as the main event. They'd 100% do that. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, what do you think of Alexa Bliss and her role um, now that she's sort of, I guess, not completely healed up from her injuries? <laughs> I like it. I mean, I like her in general, and I, I like her in that role, but, oh, that, 
Oh, that Sasha yeah, and Bailey segment bombed. You didn't like it. You thought it bombed. It absolutely bombed. It was. It didn't come across witty. It didn't come across entertaining. It w- it's up there with the uh, the was it the Bailey? This is my life kind of stuff, or the what did they do? Oh, Bailey really? That it's that up bad? there with that. It was cringeworthy. I mean, I I was. I felt like the the laugh audience there was like you know going along with some of the zingers here and there, but I don't know, I maybe oh uh, maybe it just came across differently. It, to me, it did. I'll run it back, but uh, it didn't come across good at all to me. Um, didn't enjoy that segment, and I'm a fan of all three women that were in that ring. So it's not like I'm just being critical because I don't like them. Um, right. What are you going to do? What do you think they're going to do? Are they going to break uh, Sasha Bailey up and have them go at it at some no, point? They're gonna, I guess they're going to win gonna the freaking. Uh, they're going to win the freaking WWE Women's oh, uh, Tag right. Team Titles. Uh, they talk about Trish and Lita. Hint, hint. So mark my words, right. Trish and Lita versus uh, Bailey and Sasha at WrestleMania. Whether the tag titles are introduced by then or that's the first time they introduce them, whatever, that's the match. Like, mark my words. All right. What did you think of the SmackDown this week? Uh, SmackDown hit it out of the park. I mean, it, it, it's the A show right now. I have heard a lot of people refer to it as such, and I agree. Um, Daniel Bryan, I identify with Daniel Bryan right now. Like, if I was a heel, I would be Daniel Bryan because it's like, it's so funny how he can like be so serious about like the uh you know i mean he no he's a health activist and you know he he means all the things he says but like the way he's coming about it like he's like you people make me sick <laughs> you know using your water bottles and stuff it's like it's so great yeah um, i'm i'm really digging this uh this run and i, I was kind of sleeping on him but i'm digging what he's doing here right now and that's daniel bryan man he uh he always taps into something that will take him to the next level. And, you know, we had the first couple of weeks where he almost looked like he was just going to heal it up in the sense of like, just angry heel. And then this week he completely redefined himself as a heel where he like, okay, we're like, okay, he's got a little bit of that CJ Parker. I, I know you don't watch NXT. That's a juice Robinson currently, uh, CJ Parker, uh, like, you know, the activist and try to save the world, you know, kind of coupled with a little bit. I think I called him like a disheveled Kurt Cobain, like 93. Like, you know, he's got like, he's got something going for him. He's got a good look. He's got, um, you know, something we missed and I ran it back to watch it. Uh, when he was on the commentary during the main event, he hit the line of the night, which I Byron says something about his daughter and like, what would you, what would you do if your daughter did that? And he goes, I hope my daughter kicks as many men in the groin <laughs> as she possibly can. And he says it with such conviction that it's hilarious. And you know, internally, like he's just cracking up as he's saying it. And he's like, I hope she kicks 10 men in the groin. And he does, she, he's just going on and justifying himself as a heel. And, and that's the best heel you can have is a heel who like a heel is just a guy who doesn't think what he did was wrong. You know what I mean? Some of the best heels in the business that they actually do have a point. He basically was like, I've only kicked one guy in the groin once and I'm a bad guy. You know what I mean? Like the way he says it, it's like, he's, he's right. You know? Uh, So it was great. SmackDown was great. Um, Loved it. Very, very positive take on SmackDown. And believe it or not, I I keep saying I'm not going to mention him again, but AC from New York actually thought SmackDown was positive. So if we can get through to to a miserable fucker like that, I mean, SmackDown must have been good. 
Right. Which is, is funny because they say the SmackDown viewership fell under 2 million. Goes back to what I was saying. You can't expect people to want to tune into the product after what they did last week. And so that's WWE's fault. Um, ultimately, it's not reflective of if the show was good or not. It's just people didn't want to give it a chance after what happened last week. But that's weird because last week SmackDown was good as well. So I'm surprised in that sense. But, you know, right. people might have been burned out on the product after hearing about what happened on Raw last yeah, it's week. It's weird how sort of, I don't know. Well, it's weird, I guess, out of this week, how like sort of both shows just sort of went down. Like they're not sort of. They don't sort of have like their own sort of fan bases that are sort of keep one afloat. It seems like sometimes it's it's weird. I don't know. Right. WWE a lot of times with the brand split, it's it's weird. They'll start off trying to satisfy two different uh, types of fans, so they have a different feel to both shows, and then slowly but surely they'll kind of just like make them into one show. Like it's almost like the same show just split up with a different roster. Like I remember in 2016, SmackDown had the crane camera shots and like a different feel to it, and now they're the shows are exactly the same again. In the in in the sense of the presentation and the broadcast, uh, just different rosters. So I don't know why they do that, and I guess they just experiment and they see what works, and then decide, well, it doesn't work. Or the bucktooth bastard Kevin Kevin, what the fuck is? <laughs> this is unbelievable. Why is this doing this? All right, <laughs> apologies. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll it, wouldn't it, be, it wouldn't be a Kenny for your thoughts without Brandon's phone going off no, during the no. middle of the podcast. I was but, saying something about Kevin Dunn, right? So Kevin Dunn, right. yeah, he just ultimately goes back to what he was doing before. And then that's the second time you've hit your mic during this episode. <laughs> you're lucky you're not in the same room with me. <laughs> backhanding you right now. Keith, I know you're listening, buddy. That one's for you because I know you think your phone's going off right now. Sorry, Keith. <laughs> it's just me. But uh, yeah, do you think they'll do another big shakeup of SmackDown when it goes to Fox, or they'll just sort of make yeah, SmackDown yeah, have everybody be able to go back and forth? Or no, they will because I think they're the rumor is they want Ronda Rousey because they're more of a sports network. So there, there's rumors going on, but we'll we'll see. We'll we'll talk about that in another episode. I do think right. there'll there'll be some major changes. Um, but you know. Dude, doing a podcast at midnight, bro. I mean, I got I got my coffee going, bro. So you need that espresso. You already fell asleep during the episode, but thanks to our friends. Ah, nice segue, right? Thanks to our friends at Ethos Coffee Roasters. I'm actually staying awake on this podcast right now, even at 1234 midnight right now. Um, so use code second win. <laughs> second win, baby. Use code don't sleep listeners of the podcast to get 10% off on their website, ethosroasters.com. And that's in addition to free shipping on all orders over $35. Check out their red swan holiday blend. I have nothing but good things to say about it. Uh, it's one of the most amazing holiday blends that I've ever had. That's what I'm drinking right now out of my nice Simpsons cup, wearing my Randy Watson shirt. Drink the coffee, yes. Drink this coffee, yes. I'm a big All coming right. to America fan, guys. I like that's like my favorite movie. Uh, in fact, don't tell my fiance this because she'll never listen to this podcast. But what I used to do was when, like, I started dating a girl, I would show her coming to America, 
and that would let me know if I'm going to continue the relationship with her or not. Because how, yeah. it's true how she reacted to that movie. Let me know if she was going to be, you know, like laugh at my jokes or something. I, I know it's crazy, but that literally was my litmus test, if you will. Wait, now can I ask? Did the uh, did the missus like coming to America? That's how I knew I liked her because I'm pretty sure she didn't like like the movie too much. But I was still, I was still oh, all right. Look at that, <laughs> you know. But Brandon, I tried it with you and you fell asleep. love. I tried it with you and you fell asleep, so you failed my test. <laughs> well, I'd already seen it before, so. bro. Literally, I asked you this week. I was talking to you, and I was like, "Hey, I met this guy. He's actually a wrestler for this, and might have him on the podcast one day." I leave, I leave it vague, but uh, I was like, "Yeah, would it be cool to get involved and maybe become a commentator?" And as I'm talking to you, you're like, and I'm like, okay, I guess, I guess not, man. Like, how, how dare I bring up any wrestling conversation about being a commentator, bro? You literally fell asleep as I asked it. He got me at a bad time. It was like mid, mid sentence. Sorry about that, man. It's all good. I didn't mean to invade your thoughts like that. Speaking <laughs> of invasion, segue. How about that one? So <laughs> this week. <laughs> This week, I did yeah, one. <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. I had it written down right here, my friend. Um, so this week, I was so bitter about last week's <laughs> current events in wrestling that I was like, you know what? Let's do our first retro episode. So the event that got picked, and just barely, by the way, was Invasion 2001. So it just barely beat uh, WrestleMania 17. I did put that poll up on our Instagram. Hey, so I know be, you wanted uh, to talk about WrestleMania 17, Brandon, but we are going to talk about Invasion instead. So what do you remember about the Invasion? Were you watching wrestling at this time? Yeah, uh, yeah this was when I was... This was like the tail end. Yeah, I, I saw bits and pieces. I wasn't following it as regularly around then. I think... I don't remember exactly what happened. Um, I Did you hit puberty, it. discover your penis, and stop <laughs> watching wrestling? No, no, no. I was still watching it because I was, I was still a fan, but... Uh, so yeah, I, I, I was kind of falling out of time, but I think I kind of missed this pay-per-view uh, for some reason, which is weird. But so what was going on at this time? Like did the WWF buy the other wrestling promotions yeah. and bring them all together? Or was this like some one-off well, they were yes doing? No, not the promotions, right. but they had bought WCW at this point. So, so let's kind of get us up to speed. Right. Um, so, you know, WCW was, was folding. It was kind of obvious uh, behind the scenes. Eric Bischoff was trying to buy it, um, you know, with his partners. The deal fell through, um, which sucks because I really wish he would have bought the company. The, the whole landscape of professional wrestling would be different right now. But anyway, so all of a sudden, I think the week, be- I think the, March 26th was the last episode. So the week before, suddenly Tony Schiavone is just kind of like, hey, next week we're going to be in Panama City. And just so you know, it's going to be Night of Champions. Um, this is going to be the last episode of Nitro. And it's like, wait, what? So at that time, the rumors were flying, like what was happening with WCW. We knew it was closing. And freaking next month, the next Monday, March 26th, all of a sudden on WWF's website, there's a big banner that says WWF buys WCW. And it's like, wait, what? And, you know, no, it's one of those things where, again, the Internet, you know, you don't believe things necessarily. And then 
So you tune into the last Nitro and you're kind of like, what's going on? Like, is this actually happening? And I'll be damned if the show didn't open up with freaking Vince McMahon on the screen saying, I now own WCW and, and like giving the shoot speech about like, you know, get buying his competition and stuff. And it's just like crazy. So the end of Nitro, you know, they're doing, they're talking about Vince is going to, he wants Ted Turner. Remember, this is right before WrestleMania 17. So he's talking about Ted Turner coming out at WrestleMania and handing him the contract and then, then he'll sign. So he's basically playing up that he hasn't signed the contract. Out comes Shane McMahon on the last Nitro. And again, it's crazy. You're like Shane McMahon's in freaking Panama City on a WCW broadcast right now. Again, it, it if you didn't live it, you don't understand. It was just like almost like blasphemy. And it's like, it's a McMahon walking out on a Nitro. Like I never thought I'd see this. And he comes out and he's like, the name on the contract does say McMahon. And then, you know, Vince does his, his classic, like, <laughs> you know, shot. <laughs> and he's like, but the name says Shane McMahon. And uh, so that leads to their feud. They were having a match at WrestleMania 17. Yeah. Now, little known fact, uh, I think it was Sean Stasiak. Um, you know, I don't know if he's doing an interview or something like that, but he basically let it slip that, Hey, maybe some WCW guys would be at WrestleMania. He fucking ruined it. Cause basically uh, the plan was Shane was supposed to be doing what he's doing. That with was Vince. like an intentional leak. I don't, not at all. The, the business was a lot more protected during this time, especially when you have mm-hmm. WCW guys. So I, apparently they were supposed to make a run in. And help Shane McMahon, which again, or imagine that WCW wrestlers on WrestleMania, like it's crazy to think about, but they were going to do a run in. Well, anyway, he ruined it. And so all they did was during Shane's entrance, they showed them up in the skybox, like literally like the top of the freaking stadium. And Shane kind of points to them and they just put a banner up. This is WCW wrestlers. And they just look miserable. And it's because, again, imagine they would have ran out during WrestleMania, but this jackass ruined it. Um, <laughs> and then, so let's talk. I mean, you got Mike Awesome. He debuted and he took out Rhino and he won the WWF Hardcore title. Um, I think the next week you had, what, Lance Storm coming out? Wait, yeah, how does how does ECW factor into this? Oh, we'll get to it. Don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, um, you know... My issue with the invasion in general, when you think, okay, Brandon, since this is a good question for you, yes, when you think WCW invasion, hit me with some names about who you think would invade the WWF. So I'm thinking like a Sting, uh, right? Luger, right? Um, oh, Diamond Dallas Page. Okay. Um, who else? Uh, Goldberg. Right. Um, dang it. There's, I well, I think, there's of one, I think of one big one. Oh, yeah. Of course, Hogan. Well, yeah. He, he was the WWE guy, but yeah, Hogan. Yeah. Of course. So, out of all those names that you just mentioned, one of them showed up during that invasion angle. That was DDP. Right. Dang. So, if that doesn't tell you, that the angle was doomed from the start. I don't know what will. Now, the problem is they had guaranteed contracts with WCW. So they basically were given the option of sitting at home 
until their contracts ran out and make the money that they make because legally that's what they signed or go to the WWF if they want to. WWF couldn't assume their contracts. They could only assume, you know, certain guys who didn't have that kind of play in their contracts and they did. And then there were guys like Booker T and DDP who said, I want to further my career. I'm going to go to the WWF. And they opted to do that because they wanted to. But I mean, guys like Scott Steiner, guys like Goldberg, guys like the NWO, they weren't coming. They were going to sit at home and make money. If you're going to make millions of dollars by sitting in a home, wouldn't you? I can't. Yeah. Now that now that you now that we're going over these names, it's like, man, there's a lot of people that ended up not being there or on the actual pay per view that you would think, you know, sort of represent big time WCW. Yeah, exactly. So all these big names of WCW didn't come over. So so for the life of me, I can't understand why the WWF felt the need to run this invasion angle so soon after the closing of WCW. It was known that they bought the company. But there were so many names synonymous with WCW that were not coming over. Why did they go with that angle so soon? Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. That's kind of weird, I guess. Maybe they figured, you know what? We bought it. We got it. We can just do whatever with it now. You know, doesn't matter if we got these guys over. Sort of, we own the stuff. Let's go ahead and do it anyway. But I, I don't know. I don't know why they couldn't maybe wait it out or try to work it out. So, Brandon, you asked me about ECW's involvement. So let's right. bring you up to speed there. So... The WCW invasion's happening, and they realize this WCW thing's not happening. <laughs> this WCW thing's not going too well because we don't got big names. So what can we do to spice it up? So they think, let's bring in ECW. Now let's explain what happened with ECW. ECW went out of business in January 2001. Paul Heyman joins the WWF because Jerry the King Lawler had walked down on behalf of his wife. There was like an incident. All right. So he took up arms and left. By the way, I thought Paul Heyman and JR were a better commentary team than JR and the King. I know a lot of yeah. people don't think that, but I did. So Paul Heyman's inconspicuous. You know, they don't really, they mention ECW, but you, you're not thinking anything of it because you know it went out of business. Now, it brings us to July 2001. Again, the invasion angle's not going too hot. They need to spice it up. So WWE gets permission, I think, from a bankruptcy court to use ECW's logos and, and everything like that. So they didn't own the company at this time. And that's oh, why I said in the beginning they didn't just buy up all the companies. So they get permission to use it. So July, I think July 9th, if I'm correct. So we have a match with Mike Awesome and Lance Storm, WCW guys, against... Kane, Chris Jericho, WWF guys. Out comes RVD and Tommy Dreamer. Wow. Selling the crap out of this. He's like, oh my God, ECW guys. These are ECW guys showing up. Out pours the WWF locker room to protect their brothers, Kane and Jericho. And they start facing off with the ECW guys. But if you had half a brain, you start realizing something is amiss here. The guys who ran out are people like Taz, the Dudley boys. Dang. And you realize 
wait, these are these are all guys who used to be in ECW. And they do the most epic turn. Like they're all facing, like they're all standing, you know, WWF versus WCW almost. And then all the guys turn around and face Kane and Jericho. And if it wasn't obvious before, it was obvious. Oh my God, those are all the ECW guys. And then sure enough, Paul Heyman goes, you get it now? And he hits the line of the night. You know, he comes in after they all they beat everyone's ass, and they go, he goes, "This invasion just got taken to the extreme." And so ECW is back. As someone who saw it that night, it was the best thing to do with that angle was involve ECW because now you had a, the three biggest companies in the world fighting, right. and then they fucking ruined it at the end of the night. What did they do? They have ECW join forces with WCW. And anyone right now who's listening to this podcast, you know that ECW was founded on a belief that WCW was the worst fucking company in the world. Paul Heyman hated Eric Bischoff, hated everything about WCW, sued WCW for breach of contract, things like that. And he joins up with with WCW. Not only that, he says, I'm going to bring out Stephanie McMahon. She's the new owner of, of WC, or sorry, ECW. So now it's a McMahon thing. <laughs> WWE. They, they did that on purpose. <laughs> I, I don't know what they were trying to accomplish here, but you had WCW, ECW on one side, which collectively became known as the Alliance, and they faced the WWE. All right. I was pissed at that time because I remember thinking, like, oh, you ruined it. It it was so good. I was excited to see WCW, ECW, even if WCW almost looked like a joke. ECW looks so strong and I know the thinking they were trying to boost WCW by having the ECW guys align, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was the way to go. I think invasion would have been a lot more successful if they had three different entrances, three different companies, and you did something with that and you had ECW guys facing WCW guys, things like that. Um, so that leads us into invasion 2001. Stone Cold had been healed. He turned heel at WrestleMania 17. Okay, so he turns heels at at WrestleMania 17. He does this kind of like he's kind of hokey. He's kind of joking around, but he's got this like psychotic character. Well, Vince McMahon says, I'm threatened by this alliance. I need the old Stone Cold. I need the Hellraiser, the beer swilling, the the drinking Stone Cold. Like he needs that Stone Cold. And this is literally the week before invasion. And Stone Cold's having like a conflict. And I posted this on our social media a couple of weeks ago. He's having a conflict. He's like, Oh, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to be that guy. Well, he sees what WCW and ECW is doing. And he's at Tim White's bar, by the way. He decides, mm-hmm. all right, I'm back. And he shows up at the arena and he takes out the whole fucking alliance, which let's talk about that. <laughs> One guy took out two companies, essentially. No, <laughs> would, that, would that fly these days? I don't oh, think so. That. Like, can you imagine, like, uh, here's an example. Imagine Roman Reigns coming in and just taking out the whole NXT roster. It's like, it would make it look like a joke, right? But um, it's it, it was a good scene because of Stone Cold. It was it was awesome to watch at the time. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But keep all of that in mind because we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So let's move ahead here. We're getting to the actual pay-per-view, WWF Invasion. Uh, you got, so we got 
three companies going here. WCW, ECW teamed up. Do you though? Well, you it's have kind two of a companies mix. technically because yeah. you have WCW and you right. have ECW on one side. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. On one side, yeah, right. You have those two teamed up pretty much against the WWF. And so, yeah, let's talk about, I guess, sort of the car structure here. Uh, these matchups they have. Before we even get into it, I want to say, let me give, let me tell you oh, this: yeah, yeah, Invasion two thousand one had the best build in the sense of like, on paper, this was an amazing event. You had. WCW, ECW, the alliance on one side versus the WWF. I was hype. I didn't care who was on the card. Like this was just something I never thought I'd see. Yeah. My critique or of that event, I'm really critical of the fact that they ran it in Cleveland, Ohio, the Gund Arena, in just like a normal normal arena. To me, that could have been the summer war, if you will. You could have run it in a stadium. And again, maybe I don't know what the ticket sales were like, but maybe didn't you know they didn't think it would sell well. Right. But you know, that goes back to maybe they should have kind of stayed and done it at another time. But you have the best intro. One of my favorite intros in professional wrestling. They use quotes from Franklin D. Roosevelt. And he's saying stuff like, I've seen war and I hate war. And that it's coupled in with all of the, you know, the the war that's happening between the companies if you haven't seen it just go check that intro and it defines the whole invasion angle it's great um, it's probably the best part of the event actually so wait so i take it you did not like invasion, yeah. uh, I did like it at the time, and this is the thing I was more hype on what it was than how it was executed. Uh, um, I was really hyped to see that event. I love the stage, uh, one of the most unique stages ever. They had the V of, for the invasion, and on one side was the WWF entrance, and one side was the WCW ECW entrance with a big gaping hole in the middle, uh, which was a danger zone. which came into play in a couple matches actually um but no i i really did i at the time i really liked the event on in hindsight uh it's it's because i i thought the angle had potential and i wanted to like it that goes back to me being positive you know sometimes it doesn't work out all the time in this case i think if i had known the way the invasion angle was going to go i wouldn't have been positive now do you think the card wasn't strong enough or do you think um, they just packed too much into the actual main event? The card, the card was subpar at best. I mean, they started off with Edge and Christian versus uh, Lance Storm and Mike Awesome. So, I mean, Edge and Christian were a strong tag team, but they were kind of coming onto the tail end of their tag team. They were going to break up pretty soon. Uh, Lance Storm and Mike Awesome, uh, I, I didn't like them as a tag team. I mean, I don't know. It was okay. Uh, I posted a clip on it actually on our on our uh, Instagram page of Christian just falling over the top rope during this match and that's pretty much what i thought about it <laughs> and then uh you know i won't spend a lot of time on it but the next match was uh earl hebner versus nick patrick so referee <laughs> yeah. head referee versus head referee with mcfoley as referee was a quick match all the referees came down and this kind of metaphoric was really metaphoric for the event because the w wcw side had like 
three referees where the WWF side had like 10. And then even worse was like one of the referees in the WCW side was like Earl Hebner's kid, like in real life. Like they had to like <laughs> have other people come in just to even out the sides. And that was their idea of even three on 10. But uh, no, it's, it's, it's very metaphoric. And then uh, I guess the next one I was actually pretty excited for. I don't know about what a lot of people felt about it, but the next one was uh, APA. Uh, versus Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo. Big I was, yes. this, so this is WWF tag team versus like you know WCW tag team champions. Yeah. Um, I'm one of the rare people who liked Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo. They were really on the up and up in late WCW. So I thought it was a pretty fun match. Like I thought I thought it was good. Um, you know two power-based teams, but Sean O'Hare was one of the guys who would fly off the top rope, even though he was as big as he was. Um, I was surprised because the APA won, and I thought they would have put over the younger guys, but it it was what it was. And I think they were just kind of going for like, oh, WWE has momentum on the event right now, you know. Uh, and that brings us to the next match, which I'm sure you'll love. Uh, oh, yeah. It was X-Pac. The light heavyweight champion uh, versus the WCW cruiserweight champion, Billy Kidman. A five-star classic, I must say. This was tough because Kidman was more of a babyface and X-Pac was more of a heel. But what they were trying to do was make the WWF guys babyface and the WCW, ECW guys heel. Um, so I think this might be the only time you see X-Pac get cheered, by the way. <laughs> hey he earned those cheers all right but it, it was a weird match it was decent but don't get me wrong but it was a weird match because like i said they kind of had to switch roles for the sake of this match usually you see billy kidman as the guy who gets you know the baby face role um and xbox as the heel but they they had to kind of do the opposite so it was super weird Dang. um i guess let's let's go through them quick you had william regal versus raven uh what did you think of this one? I know you're a Raven guy and a Rodrigo guy. Actually, so it's funny you say that. You, how do you know that? Because I don't think I've ever said I'm a Raven guy. I think you you talked highly of Raven. Uh, I loved Raven. I, I did. Yeah, I absolutely loved. That, you yeah. know, I loved. I loved that whole like you know Seattle grunge kind of thing you had going on and the the cryptic stuff and quote the Raven, which is quote with an H by the way. Everyone else says quote, but it's quote the Raven. Um, Edgar Allan Poe. Um, I loved Raven. Yeah, he he just didn't get his you know his just due in the WWF. Never did. Um, but this was a good match, solid match. Um, a match that, in hindsight, you know, I really forgot in the in terms of this event because it's a good match, but like didn't really care about it in the whole alliance storyline. You, you get what I'm saying? Because I guess more, here's an example. Why didn't William Regal go to WCW? He was a predominantly WCW guy. So why was he on the WWE side on, on, in this angle? It, it was weird. Again, Ravens part of the Alliance. I don't know. I didn't know how to feel about that. Um, so kind of critical of that match. Um, next one, we have like a huge clusterfuck of a match, <laughs> which was a uh, big show. Uh, the one Billy gun and yeah. Albert. Uh, so he's part of X Factor with Xbox versus Sean Stasiak, Chris Canyon, and Hugh Morris. Sucks because Canyon should have been. Canyon had the potential to do something better than this match. 
Uh, I think we talked about it with Keith on yeah. another episode. Uh, Canyon was a was a guy that really didn't get utilized in that alliance. He could have been. I mean, I was about to say he could have been the MVP of the alliance, but ironically enough, that was the shirt that he had. It literally <laughs> said Alliance MVP, um, and he was right. He could have been in a real life sense. Here's another one that didn't make sense to me. You had Tajiri representing the WWE versus Taz representing the Alliance. I've seen this match. I've seen it in ECW. They're both ECW guys. It does not make sense. This match does not make sense. Okay? Yeah, I, it's like I felt like maybe they had more guys. Like, why did they, like, use right. ECW guys? Like, right. they and it's have like, another guy on the F roster that they could have used? I don't know. I agree. And I, I, that's what I'm saying. It's like the match didn't make sense. Even though it was a good match, it just didn't make sense for these two to be fighting. Um, which will lead me to the match of the night. The next match, you see Jeff Hardy talking backstage with Matt Hardy. Uh, long hallway behind them. And then Rob Van Dam comes running out, and he just hits the crap out of Matt Hardy with a chair. And, I mean, it sounded nasty. Yeah. Um. RVD's playing the heel in this match. But let's let's talk about Rob Van Dam. He was the guy. The best part of the invasion angle was the rise of Rob Van Dam. He was a guy that was Mr. Monday Night, the it guy in ECW. And he was finally getting his chance in the WWE. Nobody cared about who he was aligned with. They just cared about Rob Van Dam being in the WWF. And people might forget that today, but Rob Van Dam was really up there in terms of popularity. Uh, he was the guy you wanted to win the WWF title eventually. And here he was fighting his counterpart in the WWF, which was Jeff Hardy. They were both known for death-defying stunts. Jeff Hardy was more reckless, where I want to say Rob Van Dam was almost pretty with the way he did things. Hmm. His level of athleticism and the way he did things they looked brutal but they were people sleep on rob van dam now they forget about him but the things that he did like for example shane mcmahon does the coast to coast now the guy that did that first was rob van dam called it the van terminator you know he was the first guy to hit a full split you know between chairs they call it the van dam lift he might still hold the world record for that damn um Rob Van Dam was a hell of an athlete, if not the best athlete in the WWF and ECW net, all of wrestling. And so it was a big deal for him to be coming to the WWF. And this was his first match in the company. Um, and he fought Jeff Hardy. They had the best, not, uh, best match on the card. And I talk about that opening on the stage. Jeff Hardy was coming uh, with a chair shot, right? You know, with that hole behind him. Coming with the chair shot, RVD turns around, kicks him in the face, hits a Van Daminator. Jeff Hardy goes flying into the hole. And I'm talking about when I say this is not like today where the stage is maybe a couple feet off the ground. This was like this, it was like a 10 foot drop, like straight down. And Rob Van Dam goes in the hole with him and he tosses him over. Oh man, if, if you don't want to watch Invasion, go watch this match. Just this one match. See how the crowd gets so into it. And I promise you, this was the match that probably made Vince McMahon go, okay, 
we got something here. And this was a, a decent length match too. It's about 13, 15 minutes somewhere in that in that realm. Yeah. Now, Brandon, think, uh, Rob Van Dam got a uh, fair shake on during his uh, latest run in the WWE. His latest run, you said? Yeah. So what are you what year are you talking about? Like fourteen? Yeah, yeah. Um. Yes and no. I mean, we all knew what he was coming back for. He was coming back in that Legends role to kind of just be there. So it's, I don't, I didn't expect much of it. I was just happy to have him there. I, I didn't expect him to do anything, and and sure enough, he didn't. Um, but at this time, uh, RVD didn't win a world title till 2006. Uh, we'll touch on that probably in another episode. But at this time, I thought they should have gave him the world title uh, going into 2001 because I think it was kind of obvious that he was on this meteoric rise. And they get had a chance in October to do it uh, at No Mercy. They didn't do it. They didn't pull the trigger, and it upset me at the time. Um, but getting back into Invasion, here's a match that doesn't age well. <laughs> Chris Stratus and Lita, WWE, oh, yeah. versus Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler, the alliance with sp- uh, special referee Mick Foley. Braun panties match. Yeah, why, why, why does this match not age well to you? Because they can't do that today. Like you would never, it would never be accepted. It's not a hell of a match. It's just literally for the guys. And, you know, they get stripped down. The biggest thing to me in this match is after Trish and Lee to win, they walk back and out of instinct, they're going straight back. And uh, <laughs> I think it was Trish Stratus was going straight back. Remember there's a huge hole in the stage because the stage is a V and she almost falls and Lita has to catch her and like pull her up. And uh, I remember thinking like, Oh, that would have been really bad if she fell. (laughs) That's the biggest thing coming out of it. (laughs) So it's just always kills yourself trying to leave the stage. That leads us into the main event. The main event was called promoted as the inaugural brawl. So that was the Alliance, which was the Dudley Boys, uh, Rhino, Diamond Dallas Page, and Booker T against the WWF, which was Undertaker, Kane, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, and Steve Austin. At the time, I was so excited. Looking back and just reading off those names, that's not your main event. That 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 didn't deserve to be a main event. Like It doesn't even sound exciting. Dudley Boys, Rhino... So guys that have been in WWF for a while, and then two WCW guys, Diamond Dallas and Booker T, against Undertaker, Kane, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, Steve Austin. The big thing going into this was that the old Stone Cold was back. Like he was going to be the ass kicker, the Stone Cold that we all loved during the Attitude Era. (sighs) How does this match end? Do you remember, Brandon? Swerve, baby. Swerve. It swerves with Austin turning on WWF and joining the Alliance and doing a, the second heel turn he did in that year. <laughs> yeah. It was a solid match. Here's the thing. It was a solid match. There were a lot of work rate, great stuff. At the time, the ending was really shocking to me. In hindsight, why would Steve Austin go to WCW when he again was fired via FedEx? He made the <laughs> WWF everything it was. This did not make sense. This did not make sense. But it was shocking. 
is a hell of a swerve. It was shocking, and they had to do something to give the Alliance the win. Right. I didn't like this. I mean, what else could they have done, though? I mean, would you just have do like a regular match and then not have anything happen? Just, you know, just do a straight up match and then go on from there? This match is a metaphor for why they shouldn't have done all of this at this time because there is no solution to this. You want the Alliance to win, you have to turn a WWF guy to get the Alliance to win. That, that's to tell you you don't have strong WCW names. Mm-hmm. Why wasn't the main event Goldberg versus uh, Steve Austin? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, uh, think Invasion. Yeah, that think think that's crazy. what you want to see. And I, I know I'm saying, I, I know Goldberg was under contract still and it couldn't happen, but that's why they shouldn't have hot-shotted it. All right? So I've touched on the event a little bit. Uh, we actually threw this to social media and we asked people, do you have some questions or comments that you want me to read in regards to this event? And so let's go to social media and hear what you had to say guys about invasion 2001. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before we get into the questions, it was funny. I was checking out the uh, wiki on the invasion and it was saying that uh, it's had a 770,000 buy rate for the pay-per-view and it's the highest grossing non-WrestleMania pay-per-view in the history of the WWE. Goes back to what I said. I was happy for to see the event in hindsight. It wasn't executed well, but remember all you had to say on the marquee was WWF versus WCW ECW. And it would have sold like hotcakes. And it did. We all bought the event because we, we never thought we'd see the day. So it, it sold on name value. It didn't sell. Not even with the, with the stars is what you're saying. So you think it could have sold even more, right? It would have sold even more. It would have sold even more if, and that goes back to why I said they could have sold out a stadium if they wanted to. Why didn't you have it in a special stadium? You know, this was the biggest event besides a WrestleMania or even more so than a WrestleMania because WrestleMania was a WWF event. Here you had the three companies, quote unquote, you know, fighting each other. Yeah, this really should have, should have been huge. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's why they had it in the stadium. Maybe they didn't think their roster was strong enough. Possibly. Yeah. you know it was a different time pay-per-view buy rates you know uh you didn't have any other means to watch it you know um so let's get to social media our first question is actually from wesley our friend at flashback wrestling who congratulations you get ten thousand followers so hopefully we get there one day brandon hey Um, some followers our way (laughs) (laughs) good job brandon uh so he says if you could add one match or feud to the invasion, what would it be? Example, Goldberg versus Austin. And I just said that example. <laughs> there, to me, that's the match, right? Goldberg was modeled after Stone Cold Steve Austin. He had the black trunks, black tights. You know, you hold a 8 by 10 of both of them up. They almost look exactly the same. That's the marquee match. That's the match they could have sold it on. You know, they could have also sold it on Rock versus Hogan. I would love to have Rock there, but he was off, I'm assuming, doing Scorpion King or something? Yeah. So that goes back to why did you do this event right now? You're missing the Rock from the biggest storyline. And again, you're missing Hulk Hogan. You know, look look at what Rock versus Hogan did for WrestleMania 18. Now imagine that was billed as WCW versus WWF. It would have been amazing. Super stacked, yeah. 
it would have been amazing. Like uh, WrestleMania 18 should have been, in my opinion, that should have been where they did the invasion stuff because they had all the names at that point. They had Ric Flair. They had the NWO. Goldberg came the next year. I mean, like you, you could have done something. Like you could have put, you know, you could have put SmackDown as WCW. There was a rumor that they were going to take away SmackDown and put that as the WCW show. Imagine the original. Imagine the brand split, but with WWF on one side, WCW on the next side. You want to watch that shit? Right, right. Yeah, no, definitely. I would have been able to flip back and forth. So to answer your question, Wesley, um, besides Goldberg Austin, because you'd mentioned that in your example, I would say Rock versus Hogan. That would have been the match I would have added to the card. Um, he also asked another question. <laughs> it's funny, man. Me and this guy think exactly alike. Because this next question is, also, do you think the invasion should have been capped off at the next year's WrestleMania? <laughs> Hell Yes. I do because it's the most logical thing to do because it's Wrestle Friggin' Mania. You got the name value. Imagine that as WWF versus WCW. All right. So we got our friends at HPC Too Sweet. They run a pretty awesome podcast, guys. So that's Heels, Pops, and Chair Shots, just so you know. Uh, badass name, by the way. They, they run a very similar podcast where they like to be comedic. Um, so shout out to them. Uh, they said a nice little comment here. Um, so they said, most definitely an underrated storyline, talking about the invasion. I personally feel invasion angles have always, in quotation marks, worked at some level. They used WCW Invasion, Nexus, Raw versus SmackDown 17 and 18 as examples. They said fans loved it with WCW 2001 being the least preferred. And that's because wow. of the watered-down WCW talent that crossed over at the time. Personally, I think WCW Invasion was money from the Invasion pay-per-view all the way to Survivor Series. And that was uh, Villain, who's part of their podcast. So, yeah. Um, that's very true. Invasion angles always work. They, they always work because you can always feel, you know... I mean, look at the NWO, the NWO for example, in 96. They revitalized WCW because of an invasion angle. Invasion angles work when done properly. They just didn't have the names to do it. Right. Have they done saying? any like NXT uh, invading the main round? They've done that, right? Like a big large They've done the opposite. And... They've done the opposite where the, uh, Seth Rollins invaded Invade NXT. You call him right. Triple H and basically say, I'm going to take over your show. You um, think they'll pull the trigger on one of these sometime soon? They could, like and it would be money. It, it would it would really be money. Um, but at the same time, they don't need to because they have a brand split, so they do have Raw versus SmackDown right now. Right. So they don't really need to. Um, that leads us to Spaz Phoenix. He says, who should have been on Team WCW? Should ECW have been a third entity? I love these questions because it lets me know that people are on the same train of thought as I was, which is, who should have been on Team WCW? Goldberg, the NWO, Sting, Sting, <laughs> one more time, Sting. <laughs> These are the guys who define WCW. Literally, no guy that you thought would have been on the roster showed up. Um, 
should ECW have been a third entity? Yes. Because if WCW had those names, ECW could have been its own, you know, its own thing in the war. And they could almost been the suicide guys. You know what I mean? The guys who are like, I'm going to take out the big companies by any means necessary at the cost of ourselves. And ECW would have thrown a good dynamic into there. Or you could have even expanded the storyline, done like a WWF versus WCW, kind of finish out that storyline, and, and yeah. then have ECW come in to take out the two companies. Wow, yeah, that would so, have been cool. Right, you could, you, could have, you could have drawn a lot of money, but it turned out the way it did. As we got any more questions? We have Le 316 King. He says, who would you say is the current Stone Cold of this era? You know, that not an invasion question, but I'll answer it anyway. Who's the current Stone Cold of this era? Becky fucking Lynch. The man. You agree with that, Brandon? I was going to say Dean Ambrose. No, hell no. You want to know why <laughs> Dean Ambrose isn't the Stone Cold of this era? Go watch the Stone Cold podcast with Dean Ambrose's <laughs> episode and tell me that Dean Ambrose is the Stone Cold of this era. His haircut was pissing him off. <laughs> so we have Mounty's Corner, who, by the way, runs his own awesome show on YouTube. I've checked out his material. Um, he's great. Uh, we vibe pretty well. He even mentioned that. He said our shows are very similar. And I mean that in a good way. Like, we're not AC from New York. We're not a. Uh, just sitting there bitching about everything. And the funny part is apparently he was following AC from New York stuff, and that's how he found us. So thank you, AC from New York, for the free advertising that you've been giving us. Anyway, he says, and he wants a, an opinion on his statement. He says, what do you think of my idea of changing the time frame on the invasion angle? They could have waited until the Royal Rumble and had these WCW, ECW guys, a special entrance. Once the ring had only one WWE superstar in the ring, it could have cut to backstage, showing the original Rumble participant knocked out on the floor. I think it could have been really suspicious and exciting at the same time, especially if one of the Alliance members won that year. You could have built that angle until WrestleMania and pushed stars in the process instead of a Survivor Series loss. I like where your head's at because it would have been cool to see a WCW guy win the Rumble and then you build that he has to face the WWF champion. I like that a lot. I like, imagine like Sting or Goldberg coming in and winning the Royal Rumble. And you know for a fact that your WrestleMania main event is Goldberg versus whoever the champion is. And then you can slowly build to Austin winning the title. I like that a lot. I really do. Um, it's really sad that <laughs> we're all fans that we could probably book a better angle than they did. That makes me sad. <laughs> Look at WWE. Ziggler in the main event. That's what people want to see. All right. So got another question. Uh, not really an invasion-related question, but it's from our good friends at Smart to Death. They do run a live podcast on Twitch every Wednesday. If you haven't checked it out, definitely check it out. They're they're awesome. They're also on Instagram. They got a ton of followers good friends of the podcast. So, so smart to that says it looks like you guys just covered WWE slash NXT. Do you intend to watch cover other wrestling promotions with the rapid decline that raw is on? Brandon, you feel that question. 
hey, why not, mate? I think it's a good time to get back into a little TNA, aka Impact. Um, the price we got, yeah. So yeah, Impact still. We got this uh, all elite stuff they're talking about. So that could be exciting. Oh, man, I'm excited for that. Like if that actually comes into play. I mean, let's talk about invasion angles. Yeah. We, I know the invasion flopped. I admit, but I miss having two companies. And and I know there are multiple companies, guys. I know there's New Japan, but I'm talking about in the competitive sense of like just coming at each other. All right. I miss it. I miss WWE and w, uh, WCW just being on the same time slot, things like that. So I want a company to step up and be real competition to the WWE so that Raws like last week do not happen. All right. And so for all you fanboys right now who are like, well, New Japan's competition. No, they're not. They don't run head to head with Raw. They don't threaten WWE's business. They have a good product, but they don't compete directly with the WWE. Cody Rhodes, he's his father's son. Dusty was the biggest competitor to the WWE. He'd come right for the jugular. I, I, would, I see Cody Rhodes doing exactly the same thing. That'd be freaking awesome, man. I, I, you know, I hope it can happen. I just, I hope there's enough of a, a fan base there for it to happen. I mean, things look promising when they did the um, the All In pay per view, uh, right? And we, and we checked it out. And, did. Um, so hopefully, yeah, there's enough sort of fans to go around, and you'll you'll actually have some support. I agree. I absolutely agree. I'm excited for it. So, thanks for that question, guys. Uh, we got a couple more. I actually received these ones through text. So, all right. So, question reads If we take away the disappointment of having guys strongly associated with the WWF representing WCW and ECW, was it a well booked, cohesive storyline? Uh, it was. It was. I mean, it, it was booked well in the sense of it made sense, things that happened, they all gelled well, they, but they didn't have the names. It didn't, WWF guys shouldn't have jump shipped. Um, so that's what, yeah, that's what was wrong with it. Um, next question reads, how much longer, if at all, should the WWF have waited to do the storyline considering the major names who showed up not long after? goes back to what I was saying. They should have waited a year or two and let those contracts expire because it would have been worth it. I think they were worried about the WCW name cooling. I think they could have had a viable second brand there because if you had had the guys like the NWO show up while they were doing their weekly WCW show, it would have been a big deal. Next question. This actually comes from our affiliate, Ants. He says, do you think the WWF should have let WCW win and have their own show? Say if SmackDown never existed and it was a WCW show. Yes, that goes back to what I'm saying. That's exactly what they should have done, is they should have had a SmackDown be the second brand. But do you think it would have worked out or, or been authentic? Like, like we don't of... know. I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing about speculation and, and saying what should have happened. We don't know. It could have been executed really badly and and not worked out. Yeah. What if um, it turned out like the ECW that they did, like the WWE branded ECW? Actually, no, it wouldn't have. And let me tell you why. 
the reason the ECW brand failed is because ECW was supposed to be grassroots, hardcore style. WCW was at least similar to the WWE. They were family friendly more. So I don't think they would have had the same constraints. The reason people didn't like ECW in 2006 was because they couldn't do half the shit that they were known for. Hmm. And that leads us to our last question, <laughs> which is the most horrible question of the, of the bunch. If the Shockmaster had been part of the angle, which side of the stage would he have fallen through at the t Invasion 2001 pay-per-view? The WCW side or the WWF side? I think he would have come up through the hole. Right. <laughs> he would have fell into the hole. He would have fallen between both companies and laid there as a sacrifice for the inaugural brawl, and they would have feasted on the carcass afterwards. Brandon. Yes, I will feast on his carcass. But yeah, man, I, I'm still checking out. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna watch the Lita Trish or Stacy Keebler. Uh, so, so let me get this straight. Out of everything I've said in the podcast, what you retained was <laughs> I need to now go use Kenny's WWE Network login, by the yeah. way, and right. watch uh, Trish versus Trish and Lita versus Stacy Keebler and Tori Wilson. You know, I I, th I don't think fans appreciate you know how much really goes in to these type of matches. <laughs> so, Brandon, anything else you want to say on the podcast besides brawn panties? But yeah, uh, I I kind of feel the same way. I guess consensus that these invasion angles are great, and always the build and everything going into it is awesome. Um, Unfortunately, I guess sometimes it doesn't always turn out the way we'd hope. Um, I guess they couldn't quite control some things, but maybe maybe they rushed it a little bit. Maybe they could have waited to get some of the names in. But hey, at least we got some of those matches in uh, the next uh, WrestleMania 18. We did, and that that's what sucks is we did end up getting some pretty good matches, but they they came after the fact, and I think that's what a lot of people are kind of bitter about in hindsight is like, oh, we could have had like that as a you know company war but you know it's cool to look back on um you know this is our first retro episode it, it, i was surprised that invasion 2001 got picked i was for sure thinking wrestlemania 17 was going to get picked so we'll run another poll we'll we'll try to do these retro episodes uh once a month uh i know we touch on current product but it seemed like a lot of people were interested in some retro episodes yourself included right yeah, it's a little little switch up, little change up here. It's nice to go back, look back. And I mean, you got so much wrestling knowledge, it's good to hear you sort of explain stuff back. You know, you remember yeah, I haven't watched going on at the time. I haven't watched the event back, by the way. That's 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 my bad. I actually didn't watch the event back before the podcast, so that's that's dumb on my part. But I I think the the listeners, maybe not the listeners, but the people who are watching the YouTube version right now. They have a question that's probably been lingering the whole podcast. Brandon? Yeah, what was that? Why do you have Windex and mouthwash behind <laughs> you right now? <laughs> that's what they're asking. That's what they want to know about? Right. Because, you know, most people try to have like a nice background here, like nice, you know, scenery, and you have mouthwash and Windex <laughs> in the back. Like, what could you possibly have been doing with those things?
like, like sometimes I got, I got, I got like this big mirror thing going over on over here, so it's like it gets dusty and fingerprinty. I gotta, I gotta clean the thing off. I'm just suspicious because it's right by your bed. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's right there. It's like I gotta look at it all the time. So it's like you know what? Let me tidy it up a little bit, keep the dust <laughs> off. And then I was like, I don't want to put, you know, the spray like away in some cabinet somewhere. It's just too right convenient. In, it's right your there. setup there makes m- less sense than the invasion angle did. Mouthwash. You get up. You got the morning breath going. You don't you want to have taste a bathroom that. in your house. I mean, you could go to the bathroom, but first you want to, you know, but where put do you spit stuff in there? No, you just hold it. You just switch it around your mouth. While you're sort of like getting up, and you're all like groggy. And you're like, Ugh. oh, my mouth is gross. Doing a little mouthwash. You're not answering the question. Where do you spit the mouthwash in your room? No, I don't. I know it's put in the room. It's put in the sink. But I want some minty in my mouth as I'm making my way to the sink. My brain right? hurts. My brain hurts. I limit the amount of nasty mouth. All right. So you, that's my fault for just letting you go off on a tangent there. So Brandon, I'll put you on the spot right now. First of all, what did you think about our first retro episode? It was crazy, man. It was informative, it was educational. Um, yeah, we're it's a more serious to... this time, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely more more serious this time. But it's good because it'll get me actually looking back and thinking about it. And then it gets me, and then I'm able to look at some other stuff, you know, like stuff like, you know, the attendance or, you know, the buy rates and stuff like that and think, oh, that's interesting. Or you get to go back and see how they book things. And then you're like, oh, had they done this now, how would people feel about it? Or would people have felt the same way? It's just maybe there wasn't a big social media presence or whatever. So maybe things came across differently. But um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely good to, to see this stuff and to go back and. Okay. Everybody. And I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Since I know you like retro episodes, I think you were excited to do this. Okay. So, Brandon, my Christmas present to you. Yeah. What do you want to do for the next retro episode? You know what? This isn't too far back, but I guess it's a little retro. How about one of the ECW One Night Stands? Dude, I love it. I love it because we used to watch the ECW documentary and One Night Stand religiously over and over. That was one of the few things where, like, if we were bored, we'd be like, hey, just put on the ECW stuff. <laughs> so watch stuff over I'm excited yeah, because that means me and you have to go back and watch it 10 years after the fact. Like, we used to watch that as teenagers. Now we got to mm-hmm. watch it again as adults. Well, I'm an adult. You're still kind of a teenager trapped in an adult's body. Um, so that's cool. Done. So it'll be about the ECW resurrection, the one night stands in 0506, and we'll even throw in some ECW on sci-fi. Right. Well, unless you're going to do a poll first, because... No, no. Oh. Randy, you just won by unanimous vote. That was Electoral College right there. <laughs> yes, my Christmas present. <laughs> All right, right, so I guess with that, we should probably go home on the Big League Podcast. I want to thank all of you listeners, and I want to thank everybody that threw in questions there. I mean, we got some successful podcasts that asked us some questions there, 
And it's been really awesome chatting with you all in on Instagram and other forms of social media. And that's me because Brandon's not chatting with you. Brandon's <laughs> barely showed up for this podcast at 11 o'clock. Um, all right. So, guys, I want you to go like our posts and follow us on social media at a Kenny for your thoughts podcast. That's on Instagram and Facebook. Definitely check out our Instagram. Um, we're on Twitter at Kenny podcast. We're streaming on everything at this point apple podcast spotify google play music definitely check us out and see our live premiere of our episodes of the video version on youtube at a kenny for your thoughts podcast of course every sunday 6 p.m eastern that way you can look at brandon's beautiful face see the mouthwash see the windex see the black news brandon hoodie and then actually see him hit the mic every time wow. but anyway guys Thank you for listening to episode 13 of the Kenny Free Thoughts podcast. Okay.